we get ready to transition into another song. Patrick was just sharing how he saw two angels appear on the stage, releasing joy. And I want Dwayne and Susan to come up real quick and share just a brief testimony because I believe through their testimony there's going to even be a release of joy. But last week we had a tongue and interpretation of tongues. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember it? I want you to stay engaged with me. And the Lord said through that tongue and interpretation the Lord says there is deliverance in this house today. If you will take a step in the direction he is asking you to go, breakthrough will come to you. There is a new dawning. There is a new day dawning. There is a new day dawning. Step forward. And I see some of you are pressing it away as far as the deliverance. Stop pressing it away. Step forward into what I am calling you to step forward into. Go into the unknown and be safe from what you don't understand. Give an exuberant shout to the mountain standing in your way. And the thing that you think you just can't overcome, you will overcome. You are seated in heavenly places with him. In the name above all names, tell the mountain to move. It's that, it, it, it's that, it's, if that's you, step up now. We're going to shout at the mountain, mountain move in the name of Jesus. And last week, Dwayne took a move and he went back to the prophetic team. He went back for prayer and he had been desperate seeking God for freedom and deliverance. And as he shared last week, he had He's been struggling with depression for over 40 years. And he made that step towards deliverance. That was a word of the Lord for us. But I even believe there's deliverance even now. Some of you right now are not experiencing joy. And I met with Dwayne this week, and the joy that was coming out of this guy, he, he couldn't, he, was, he had ants in his pants. And he said, I've got a mo." I've got emotions that I never knew I had. I have love for my kids that I never knew I had. I have love for my wife. And there was a deliverance that came, and I wanted him to testify and just share a little bit of what God did last week and what this week has been like for him. And I'm even going to ask Susan to share. But after they share, I believe we're going to move into another realm of deliverance and joy, being baptized in joy today. And as Pat saw the, Patrick saw the angels coming forth, and there was this thing God was doing. Does that represent what you saw, Pat, Patrick? So, Dwayne, kind of share the step that you took back last week towards what the Lord was doing and how your Saturday evening kind of, you were desperate out on the back of your deck. Is this okay? Last week I was uh, healed, delivered from. Yep. Oh, there we go. You're a musician. Put that mic. Transformed. 
<laughs> Completely and totally renewed. The physical things that are happening to me, I don't have time for. <laughs> How many of you have seen Jesus' revelation? Show of hands? Ah. My direct salvation, or my salvation came directly from. Uh, I was swallowed up in the deluge. <laughs> Swept worldwide. <clears throat> that was the beginning. I was 13 years old. I lived in a town called Summitville. <laughs> 900 people. What our normal routine was to do was to hang out because we had none of the distractions we have today. So I was hanging out with my kids. These two gentlemen from the Lord, because I didn't know them, approached us. There were five or six of us. We ended up at the Methodist Church, accepted Jesus into my heart. The beginning. Two weeks ago, <laughs> I started to see cracks in the chains. There were instances of light. Uh, it wasn't hope so much. I didn't recognize it as hope. It was, what's happening here? Let's go to the night before. He mentioned the deck. <laughs> That's where I would go to be depressed. That's all I'm going to say about it. We're not honoring the enemy. So I was out there. <laughs> this is the night before. Uh, and I was overcome. And the chains broke. I'm, the act of the chains breaking was Sunday. The chains were starting to fall away. Uh, and my words were, I got nothing else. I need you to heal me. It wasn't an ask. It was like, I know what I need. <sighs> it's the first time I'd ever asked for that. Sunday morning. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen when I walked in. <laughs> I'm back there. I'm shaking uncontrollably. Exchanging more, I was just breathing. <laughs> and then the ah uh, started. Jesse was back there. Short history about Jesse. Fetal alcohol syndrome. The world says the brain does its best to work its way around it. And out of all the studies, they've got the patterns. My son prophesied over me. <laughs> Okay, I'm <laughs> Jesse is just so unique. I'm standing there in the midst of this. I got something over here. <laughs> That's exactly how he said it. Romans 12, 2. I did not, or what he said was, I don't know the words, but I'm sure it's Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. 
No answer for the miracle there. Uh, Amen. As people are still being prayed for, we'll go ahead and do uh, the offering. And uh, here at New Covenant, you can either give in the basket back there as you leave today, or if you want to give by text. Uh, they had some PowerPoint issues, but you can give by text as well, as you can see right there. Or you can give on myncwc.com. And aren't you glad that you're co-laboring with Christ and his kingdom? And so, Father, we thank you that, um, that you give your people the ability to create wealth. And uh, you have asked us to partner with you. And so, God, as we sow seed into your kingdom, as we tithe, as we, as we honor you with our wealth, God, we thank you that you're assaulting poverty and you're destroying the work of the enemy so that your kingdom might advance and your kingdom might come. And so, God, we honor you today. We love you and we bless you in our giving today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Joseph, why don't you introduce the team? Goodness, I haven't heard Joseph in years. Oh, man, that's like the middle name. You throw the middle name in there, you know you're in trouble. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Uh, I heard the scariest line this morning as I was talking to my wife. Um, she asked, do you remember what we talked about this morning? And it uh, freaked me out because uh, us men are not uh, known for being able to remember things, but I just blame it on my hearing, so... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so thankful to have you guys here this morning. I know this week has been uh, an absolute thrill being able to have the Bethel team here. We've had an incredible Thursday night. Who was able to come Thursday evening? So uh, this morning is just going to be a continuation of that. Last night we had our youth and young adult service that I thought was absolutely spectacular. Um, and so we're just going to keep uh, building uh, with the team as we continue to not just pour into this body, but pour into the city and this region. And so I just want to pray real quick before I bring Dennis up here as he shares in the word, King Jesus, we are thankful, thankful, thankful. That is the position of our heart that we want to continue to have uh, as we go about not just this week, uh, but Lord, that's the lifestyle that we want to be known for is having a thankful heart. And King Jesus, we're thankful for the Bethel team of coming in, serving sacrificially uh, and putting on display the kingdom as they chase after you in your face, Holy Spirit. And so we just bless this time that we have together. We thank you that our hearts would be opened in a new way. And Lord, we just thank you for all distractions that uh, we struggle with even on Sundays, Lord, that they would just be at ease and that your spirit would be so near as we uh, hear from the word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody give uh, Mr. Dennis Flom a new covenant welcome, please. Thank you, sir. I love it. You guys are fun. Um, this is not my normal role to stand up in front of people, so if I look like I'm freaking out, I am. Um, scariest words I ever heard from my wife is I'm pregnant. Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Um, come on up, guys. Quit hiding. They're being humble. Uh, first, foremost, I want to say thank you for, uh, for uh, letting us come. Uh, we have gained as much or more. What are you doing sitting there, Christy? <laughs> She's, uh, she was with me on a team a couple years ago. She's working in Nashville, Tennessee, so she's part of our team today. Um, 
I'll have a little fun with my little caveats. I know I was talking about something, but I go on mission trips. I go on trips like this, and everybody wants to know how the trip was. And I tell them it was good, and they're like, what about the miracles? And I said, I don't measure a miracle. I don't measure a mission trip or a ministry trip by the number of miracles. I measure it by who I know two and five years later. That's the truth, okay? So anyway, um, we've been having fun here. You guys have given us a place to do a proving ground. You've scared us to death. Uh, not you guys, but, you know, uh, your food. You have blessed us beyond our, our ability to receive. We went to Park Cafe. Is that it yesterday? They got food. Oh, my God. You know, so we've been having fun. Um, yesterday we did Treasure Hunt. I love this one. Um, my young lady over here, we got the words like uh, pinwheel, pinwheel, rainbow, and wind chimes on a house. So we're out there looking for it, and we can't find it. We find, pinwheel, we find pinwheels, but not rainbows. We see rainbow flags. We see wind chimes. We see nothing. So we pull our list out, and she had heard, we thought, rainbow pinwheels. But we look, and it says rainbow flag and chimes. And we're like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And somebody goes, there it is right there. And we're like, ah, you know. So, and then we found out later that it was actually rainbow decor. It didn't really matter. But then we found the house, and there's nobody there. So I said, this is what I do. Go knock on the door. <laughs> and she said, I think we need to soak and hear the Lord first. <laughs> and I said, this is what the voice of the Holy Spirit says. Go knock on the door. <laughs> so she did. And uh, I think what, what you've given us is a chance. I mean, we come to receive as much from you as you do to us, but you've given us a place to face some of our fears. And we did with you. So thank you. Um, some of you were here Thursday night. I want to do this before we start. Jim, come up. I don't know if you guys are here and saw this. First of all, he's walking up here. Yeah. Hello. So, show them what happened. <laughs> well, we was uh, praying Thursday night for healing. Uh, and I got, I got to come over here a minute. These two guys here. I got them mixed up. <laughs> this one here gave me a wonderful word from the Lord. And uh, he prayed for my ears. This young man prayed for my knees. And I got them mixed up, and I thanked him for my knees, and I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> so I got it all straightened out now. But anyway, he prayed for my knees, and uh, or this one here. And uh, I heard it back in the 80s, maybe early 80s. And uh, at that time, they told me I'd probably have to have a knee replacement. And of course, being me, I said, no, I don't think I will. Thursday night, he touched my knee, and he started praying. And my wife can verify this. I've had this pain and this problem early, well, a long time. And uh, I felt a little bit, it wasn't nothing fantastic, but it was like something tightened. And then he went on to somebody else praying for them. And I went over to that wall, and I touched that wall. And I'm going to touch you right now. And I crossed my leg, and I went like this, because it always popped and cracked, and it's not doing none of that now. Yeah. 
I'm walking without a limb. <laughs> so I praise the Lord and I praise him because he was honest about doing what the Lord told him to do. And I praise him for praying for me and giving me a wonderful book. <laughs> it was, I just had a great night that night. <laughs> you know, what I love about it is like it's two days later and it's still working. I know it sounds funny, but, you know, like, like, let's talk real ministry here. Sometimes, you know, they're like, yeah, I got healed. And you're like, okay. And then three days later, they're not, you know. So I love it that it, it's working, you know. So um, we're going to have fun today. I, uh, I have a beautiful thing I love to do. I love to make a plan, and I hold it as tight as water. So we'll see what happens today, okay? Is that good? All right. Um, I want you to do what you do, but keep them short and simple so we can put the greater emphasis on the end, okay? So, one person. Come on, call them out. Uh, you in the blue shirt. What's your name? Chris. <laughs> There's another Chris, right? I didn't give you a word the other night, did I? Well, that's funny. That's cool. So, um, sorry, I know you said quick. No, don't sit down. Okay. Okay. Um, Proverbs 11.24, one person gives freely, let gains even more, another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You spend a lot of time refreshing others. Is that right? I feel like there's a refreshing that is coming to you. And I feel like it's almost like a, like you're an Elisha. But you're but but Elijah is still around so you're serving there's coming a time soon where God is going to promote you into deeper and greater things and there's a prophetic mandate that's on your life that the Lord is going to increase and grow and accuracy is going to increase as you step out. They're tired. Thank you, Dennis. Um, for the one with the Purdue hoodie um, in the back. Hi, what's up? What's your name? Sorry. Haley. Hi, Haley. I'm Caleb. Happy to see you here. Go Boilers. Um, at least it's not blooming. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so amen. Anyway, um, so the Lord highlighted you where... Um, it's like, you know, you know, um, you know, kind of like sometimes there's like, you know, guardian angels or thing of like, you know, I'm um, like cherub angels, you know, they kind of like guard in um, different corners of the room. And, um, the Lord's telling you, you will be a good guardian. You will be a guardian of your family where Wherever you go, the armor that the Lord will put on you, you'll be able to lead the charge. It's kind of like you're like standing in front of your home and um, you're grabbing like a sword of Holy Spirit and um, like whatever nasty things are coming against you. And the Lord will tell you, there's like no need to be afraid as you have everything that you need. Um, they're all stored in your house. 
ready for you to use. And um, may the Lord continue to bless you with that. Bless you. Who's next? Matt. <laughs> I love Matt. Matt's my, Matt's my toy right now. Mm. You know how it is. You have somebody you get to play with and spin them up and let them go. Uh, I'm really tired, so my name, the names are not too good. Um, Y'all two that just came up on stage earlier. Um, remind me your names again. Susan and Dwayne. Um, I feel so strongly. Um, I remember you said 24 years, going to have to relearn everything, um, how to do marriage. Um, but I've, the Lord's saying it's going to become super easy, um, that your your brains, your emotions, everything that you need in marriage is like soft, and everything that's going to be good is going to penetrate it, and it's going to stay. Um, and I just see you like a sponge, just absorbing everything, um, how to relearn to love correctly, love your kids correctly, and it's just going to be a legacy that you're going to leave behind, and it's going to be generations breaking. Um, yeah, so. I uh, have a word for you, sir. Uh, what is your name? Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your actual name? Mike. Mike. Okay. Mike. I, I just heard these three words come to me. And uh, I'm trying to figure out what it means. But I think there's a come to me that God is extending an invitation to you and I think that this come to me is gonna become some of your calling or wherever you go uh, it's gonna be uh, an invitation for people to come to you to come to Jesus and I was just I don't know why just kind of feeling the land of Africa I don't know if you've ever been there or if you want to go there but <laughs> but I just was seeing you in the dirt with this invitation come to me and people coming and hearing God, God's good news and getting saved. And I just, yeah, I just feel it starts with this invitation that God is giving to you, come to me. So, yeah. So this is going to be a little bit of a risk for me, but um, has anybody here recently gone to Joshua Tree National Park in like the last like year or two, something like that? You guys, stand up. So I had um, in my mind pop up this picture of a Joshua Tree, and I don't know what that represents. I only have driven through the park. but what actually was highlighted to me was that I feel like the Lord is gonna take you on a road trip, like in the supernatural, that like when you're, when you're planning out a road trip, you have your destination in mind, but I actually feel like some of the best things about road trips is that 
your the stops that you make along the way, the different sites that you get to see, the different history that you get to learn about these areas that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. That it's so easy to just book a flight to go somewhere and pass over. It's like, oh, you could see the pretty landscape, but it's one thing to actually be inside of it and to experience it. And I feel like the Lord is going to take you on this journey of like, okay, here's this place over here. This is, this is how you can experience it. This is what you can learn about it, that he's going to start teaching you about different topics that maybe you've been kind of interested in, but you haven't had the chance to actually go like fully into. And it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be like a, um, a shorter journey. I don't feel like it's going to be something that's long-term, but I feel like that it is coming very, very soon and that this journey is actually going to set you up for the rest of your life with the different experiences that you're going to be gathering. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, so you in, in the corner um, with the white, yeah, what's your name? Carly. Yeah, um, I just felt like, what was it? Harley. Okay, yes, Harley. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, um, and if this is not, if this doesn't resonate, that's totally okay. But I felt like uh, there's just something about you that, um, like, something about what you carry uh, has this ability to, like, repair and restore broken things um, that, like, most people would just start from scratch. Uh, but, like, you have a gift to mend and heal um, things in others, and even just in your own life, I just see God coming to restore and repair um, things that just seem like it's too far gone, maybe. Um, and yeah, I just want to, I just see this like beautiful blooming happening for you. Um, and I feel like the Lord is leading you to like an exciting adventure. And I don't know if maybe you felt this trapped feeling or, um, like you want to get to the other side of something, but I just see God bringing you there to the other side and just, um, some really special things he has ahead for you. So, Amen. yeah. Thanks guys. Go ahead and sit down. Like I said, we've been having fun here. Um, may I record me? Cause my wife said I need to. Is that cool? All right. So if you guys say anything, she'll hear you. Um, whatever. Yeah. Um, I want to just talk to you a little bit about what God's doing in the world right now. Some of you were here Thursday morning, Thursday night, and heard it. But um, there's a lot happening in the world. You know, I've been a believer 50 years, almost 51 now. And I've seen a lot. I've been on a journey like you are. I've had my highs. I've had my lows. Um, I've done good. I've done bad. You know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like you. You know that little verse where it says, uh, in James, where it says, Elijah, a man like us, or if it was whoever it was, Elijah. You know what that means? He's like you. He's like us. He's a man. He had good days. He had bad days. And that's kind of how I feel on my walk. We talk about burning. We talk about, you know, being on fire for the Lord some days. I was just a candle, a little flame, you know. But things are happening in the world right now, and there's a stirring in the hearts of the people. I think a lot of you are feeling it. You don't know what's going on. But uh, a couple statistics. I love this one. There's 9 billion people in the world, right? Or 7 billion. That's, I think, the current number, 7 billion. 
9% of the people die every year, 10% are born every year, that's why we have a growth rate. But basically what it gets down to is about 175,000 people die a day. I know this sounds crazy, numbers. 175,000 people die every day. The world is one-third Christian. That means 113,000 people die and go to hell every day. Never thought of it that way, did you? The thing is, is God loves them. Loves them a ton. Now, one of the things I know, I don't know how God picks them, so he may do whatever he wants with that number, but from our statistics, that's what's happening. 100,000 people a day are dying and going to hell, and he wants to populate heaven with them. In 2000, an association of ministries got together and started looking at the world and where we're at. So we have things called countries, unreached people group, and unengaged people groups. Okay, five years ago, every country on the planet now has a spirit-filled believer, a missionary, and a pastor in a church. Got that? Every nation on the planet, Matthew 24, every nation will confess his name. Every nation. Now, unengaged people group, there's 7,000 unengaged people group. I'm sorry, unreached people group. Unreached people group means they have 2% or less believers, okay? And they don't have the resources to grow within that are the unengaged people groups. Unengaged people groups are one that has no spirit-filled believer, no church, no missionary, no pastor, nothing. And there's about three, uh, 3,000 of those out there. And in this group a couple of years ago, they sat there and they said, unengaged people groups is not acceptable, okay? They want every group to have it. So they decided that they would start targeting those people. Right now, there's 110 unengaged people groups left. Yeah. This year, there's less than 110 of those unengaged people groups, and they'll all be moved into the unreached people groups. We're using technology now in the form of solar Bibles, solar-powered audio Bibles, and there's 3,000 languages. I'm sorry. Sorry again. There's 7,000 languages. In the next 10 years, there's going to be a year, a month, a week, a day, an hour, and a minute where every language on this planet will have a portion of scripture translated. And then Revelations chapter 7 comes true. Every tongue will worship him. You guys use that verse up here tonight. That's where we're at. Like, we're there. We're on the edge. We're on the edge of the beginning. And what God is looking for right now is he's calling his bride. He's stirring the hearts, and he's looking for the hearts of people that are fully committed to him. I want to be that person. You know, what does that look like? I don't know. You know, um, I work for Iris Global. Some of you guys have heard, know they, who they are. Some of you know Heidi Baker. People call me all the time and they say, Heidi or Dennis, I, want, I wish I had faith like Heidi. And I say, Heidi doesn't have any faith. I know you guys are like, yeah, she does. Like, actually, she doesn't. She has a really good yes. She has a really good yes. 30 years later, we can call it faith, but it all started with yes. Yes, Lord. I want to be that person saying yes. I want to say yes to him. And I think what's happening, some of you guys are hearing that call, but you don't know how to say yes yet. You know, you're thinking, mm, I don't know. There's a verse where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the roadmap that we're on. But I uh, bumped into Roland one time, her husband, Roland. I love him. He's nuts, too. But he, he talked to me, and he said, how do you love an invisible God on an empty chair? And after all, like, if I borrow one of these chairs, usually I'd have one when I do this. But, like, I have a chair here. God sit there, and I'm supposed to have a love relationship with him, right? He don't talk back. I don't know. I practice talking to my wife, but it doesn't go the way I want it to when she's actually in the room, you know? <laughs> yes, dear. But how do you love... How do you love God that you can't see and the chair is empty and he doesn't talk back to you? And Roland said it's simple. He says you love the person next to him. You love the person that's sitting next to him. And that kind of rewrote all my theology. I've been delivered from theology, by the way, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. But you see, the thing is I have to start loving myself first before I can love them so that I can show my love to him. And let me ask you a tough question. Do you like you? Do you like yourself? You know, we're talking about saying yes, but you're like, Dennis, you don't understand. I'm, I'm disqualified, you know? Like, I did drugs and alcohol as a kid, or my, my parents beat me and abused me, or I had an affair, and, you know, that disqualifies me from ministry. Uh, I haven't gone to Bethel to be trained yet. I get that one all the time. I, uh, I had a student one time. I, people, come on, students, they're people. That's why we love coming on trips like this, so that we can have some fun. You know, uh, it started to rain in Africa one time, and uh, when it rains, there's water. When there's water, you do baptism, right? Like, we don't have the luxury of the tank, like, where you're like, oh, good, Joe's getting, he, you know, baptized. Okay, but we have water, and I said, hey, come on, let's go baptize people. Oh, I'm not trained. What do you mean you're not trained? Like, what does it take to dunk somebody underwater? <laughs> not hard, you know? But he's like, I'm not trained. I'm not qualified. You know, so I always love Jesus. Have you ever seen Jesus? How many of you watched The Chosen? Okay, I love that part where Jesus is actually tired. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go to bed, man. That's like done with you people you know and he's getting tired he's feeling it he's like I can't keep doing this you know I mean yeah he was God I get that but he was also human so he gets tired and he goes I need help got these guys hanging around me got Peter let's see he's gonna deny me John wants to leave demon and people James uh, James and the other John want to burn people with fireballs from heaven Thomas doesn't really believe anything I'm doing. <laughs> Sounds like a church board. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it. I do things like that. That's why my wife usually goes with me. But, you know, and then Judas is going to betray him, right? So he goes, wow, this is good. Let's use these guys. That's his plan. That's his plan. Let's use broken people. We don't like broken people. You know, yeah, we don't. Like, if we had to pick a church board, we'd pick the perfect people. He didn't. And then he, he gave him Luke 9. That's my, one of my favorite verses. He says, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the leopard, preach the gospel, come back, let's have a party. Basically, destroy the work of the devil. And he says, uh, 
I give you all authority. Go, go, go now. Bye. Don't take anything with you. No money, no food. Just go. That was uh, their school. Bye-bye. Go. So I, and everybody thinks, they're going, I think it looked like this. Uh, where am I supposed to go? You know, Joel, where are you going? I, you know, I, there's this guy that really bugs me in the city. I'm going to go talk to him. I think that's what it looked like. They didn't have a clue. They go. They have a great time. They come back. They have a party. And the next chapter, it's talking about those guys. Jesus goes on the Mount of Transfiguration, takes some buddies with him. Moses and what's his name? Elijah show up and they go, oh, let's build churches to all these guys. We're just going to turn this into a new temple, high point worship up here. And he's like, no. Uh, no. Goes down the hill and there's this man going, I've got a kid here. They can't heal him. You know, what's wrong with the boys? Well, they just come back from a healing service. You know, he's like, Ugh. John, the apostle of love, comes up. I saw uh, guys casting out demons in your name. They weren't doing it that way, so I said, leave them. Like, stop it. Like, I don't know about you. It's, I've always thought demons out, good, demons in, bad. But here's John going, demons in. <laughs> That's good. As long as they do it our way. And Jesus is like, disciples, it says next that they're uh, arguing amongst themselves who's the best. You know what that looked like? Hey, guys, I had an amazing trip. I got this prophetic word like you wouldn't believe. I was so spot on. Oh, yeah, I got two. Well, yeah, but my, mine was bigger than yours. Hey, guys, I got you beat. I saw a leg grow. Leg grow. I saw an eye, you know, get healed and ears healed. You know, and they're sitting there. It's like boys, you know, testrons kicking in. And they're like, we're tougher. And he's just like, um... You notice he didn't rebuke him. You go back and read this, John 10. He didn't rebuke him. He brought a little kid and said, he's the greatest. And he loved it so much. You know what he did? He did it again. He picked 70 people. Let's go do it again. Can I have my water over there, please? I don't know how you guys do it, man. My mouth gets so dry. Sorry. He says, let's do it again. And gets 70 more, and he does it again. Doesn't train them. Just sends them out. See, God wants you to be you. I have to love me first before I can love them. He wants you to be you. And he's not threatened by you. In fact, he made you you right now, but we don't like us. True? Took me a while to figure out that I like myself. I don't always, but I do. I understand who I am. Uh, one of my heroes in the Bible is a lady named Dorcas. Remember her? She's the lady that died. And uh, the, the village comes to Peter and the disciples or the apostles at that time, and he says, uh, Kate, this lady Dorcas, can you, like, raise her from the dead? And they're like, mm, why? She says, well, she's always at the well washing with us, and she takes care of our kids. She mends our clothes. She, you know cooks meals for us and basically she was a meddling Jewish mama yeah what was at the well that was gossip central right so she's down there oh let me hear that tell me tell you the story that you wouldn't believe what happened to them today you know and then she hears stories and she tells them 
meddling Jewish mama who loves so well, who loves so well that she changed the city. What does it take to be qualified to be a meddling Jewish mama? Some of you are moms already and you're meddling, you know? I'm sorry, I'm just... You know, my wife, we got grandkids, and, and I like to wrestle with them. And she's like, you're going to hurt him. Stop. I'm like, he's a boy. He needs to get broken by his grandpa. <laughs> Stop it. You know, whatever. But what does it take? Nothing, right? Uh, my other hero is the demoniac, the one that runs around the graveyards naked, chained, right? Like, think about it. His entire story is for everybody to read. They know him. Every nook and cranny, <laughs> every, he has nothing hidden, has an encounter with God, Jesus, set free, saved, healed, delivered, whatever language you want to use, and he goes, oh, I'm so glad you're here, get me out of here, and he goes, no, stay, I hereby declare you a missionary, and he's like, uh-uh, and he says, uh-huh, and he's like, you don't understand, they know me, he goes, I know, but you have a story, you have a story. Go share it. When he comes back later, the village is converted. I was going to say, what does it take to be qualified to be a demoniac? But gosh, we've already achieved that sometimes, haven't we? You know? God has placed in each one of you a unique piece of heaven that only you carry. Each one of you has a unique piece of heaven that only you carry. And we don't want to share it because we're afraid. I'm not qualified. I've been disqualified. It's too hard, you know? Um, some Russians came to our office one day. Uh, they were at a conference, and they decided that they were going to have lunch with us. So they brought all their Russian food into the office, and we're sitting there talking and having tons of fun. And uh, one of them finally looks at me, and he says, you, you guys, you Iris... You, Heidi, need to come to our city and do it for us. Do it with us. And I said, well, you know, Heidi's schedule's kind of full, so it might be kind of busy for the next five years before she can get there. What are you going to do about it until we get there? What do you mean? I said, what are you going to do until we get there? It's like, well, what do you mean? That's why we're asking you. What's the name of your neighbor across the street? Do you know? What's the name of your neighbor across the street? Do you know? And he looked at me like, why would I? Well, that's love your neighbor as yourself. How many widows live in your neighborhood? I have four within 10 houses. And Nancy is really amazing. She's 86 and a cantankerous snot. I don't even, some of you are old enough to remember Margie from the Hallmark cards. You remember that? Yeah, she, that's her. She's just, and she has a dog, and she's just, like, cranky. And one day, she just comes up, rings the doorbell. I open it, and she shoves this light bulb in my note, face, and she goes, come and change my light bulb. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And, you know, light bulbs in ovens are hard to change because you've got to bend down and push it and twist it. She couldn't do it anymore. So what does love look like for Nancy? Putting the light bulb in. What does it take to be qualified to put in a light bulb? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, what's so hard about it? You know? Um, 
Matthew 25, I love this. This is perfect, you guys are already divided. See, all you guys over here, you're over there, right? All you over here, you're over here, I love this. Jesus is doing this, he says, you're all going to hell. I'm just talking, okay, I'm not really <laughs> prophesying, okay? This is a story. <laughs> You know, and I, you notice how Joel didn't move. <laughs> or my students, whatever. But he says, you're all going to hell. You're all going to heaven, right? Sorry. And he goes, they all go, why are we going to hell? And he goes, I don't know you. And he looks at them and they're like, why are we going to heaven? He says, I know you. And they said, Master, when did we know you? And he said, when I was thirsty, gave me water. When I was hungry, when I was naked, how much training does that require? Love well. That's all we have to do. How do you love your neighbor? When they're thirsty, you feed them. When they're naked, you clothe them. When they have a light bulb to be changed, you change it. You know, what does love look like? I don't know. What does it look like to you today? You know, um, I, we talked the other night. I forget, it was Thursday night. There was a prophetic word about uh, kids that have gone astray, and you wait for them to come back, you know, and praying for the phone call. I got my phone call last year. She's been out of the house for 20 years. Now she calls me up and says, Dad, do my taxes. I haven't done them in years. What does love look like? I mean, like, I don't know about you, I use TurboTax. I'm not trained, okay? <laughs> but what, is it, what does it take to do that? See where I'm going with this? We think we're disqualified. We think we're not trained. And please understand me, I'm not saying I don't value those things. Like, I've been to three Bible schools now. I've got some degrees in there. My first degree was in, well, whatever. You know, I just, I've been there. Done it all. Been to Cleansing Streams, been to Sozo, gone through Theophostic. I understand RTF. I got it, right? But at the end of the day, is that what's important? I mean, I value this stuff. I know the Bible. I study the Bible. I read the Bible. I can't read Greek yet. I don't want to. But I, I know these things. I'm not saying that. The thing is, is God's looking for our yes. That's what he's looking for, you know? And, and like, what does love look like? You guys are starting a kindergarten program here. Like, do they need some help? Like, I know I'm picking on you. This is where I'm supposed to take that part of the message and make it so that it belongs to you, you know? But she's starting a, a program. What training do you need to hold a baby? If it's a man, I get it, okay? I'm like, I have a hard enough time with my grandkids. I don't want to hold yours, you know? They did something so mean to me the other day. Seriously, you guys did. They took me to the drive program. Dive, dive. I told you this isn't my gig up here, okay? They took me to the dive program, and they, and they you know, they said, we're going to go to the schools and work with the kids, and I'm thinking, high schoolers, yeah, I can do this. Walk in there, there's third graders. And I'm like, uh-uh. 
Mm-mm. No way. That, you know. Yeah, thank you. But, you know, how much does it really take to be trained to sit down and talk to a third grader? Not much. You know, they need, they need volunteers in the dive program, you know. Actually, what I really think right about now is some of you are sitting there going, oh, crud, I hope he doesn't say what God's been talking to me about. If I stand up here long enough, I probably get it, but I, that's not my point here. How's your yes? How's your yes? You know? Are you, do you like yourself? You know? Like, you don't understand my history. I, I can't do it well. You know, I, we, we take the saints. Here, let me put it to you this way. When we read the Bible, we read the Bible wrong. Okay? We read the Bible like it's a commentary. Pastor, I'm not against commentaries. Okay? Trust me. But a commentary says this. If I do what they did, I'll have what they had. But when you read it as a documentary then it's stories about ordinary people that did extraordinary things. See the difference? See, like Esther, I, I love to pick on Esther, and if I mess your brain up, I apologize, but this is what I do. You know, Esther's the queen. She does some amazing stuff, right? Why was she made queen? Come on. Huh? She was beautiful. What about the other girls? Were they ugly? Whatever. Yeah, Esther was part of the contemporary sex trade industry at the time. And forgive me for where I go with this, but there's girls there. There's lots of girls there. And every night the king gets a new girl, right? And he comes out one day going, <laughs> Esther, whoa, she's queen. Didn't have anything to do with her beauty. She was good in bed that night guys. You know, but we don't read it that way. Messing with you. I can give you a couple more if you want me to. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. like my S Samson, I love Samson. Big guy, judge, supposed to do it all. Messing around with the Philistine prostitute. Telling the secret that he's not supposed to tell anybody. And it says, and Samson filled with the spirit. How's that work? See, now I forgot where I was. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, how's your yes? You know, you, you, you're thinking you can't do this. Here's where I think we're at. I heard this a while ago, and it really just shook me to the core. But Peter's on the beach one day after Jesus dies, Okay. And he's just had a beautiful walk with Jesus over here. Amazing time. I'm doing it right because I have to do it backwards in my world. Like he's having this amazing walk over here. Jesus dies. Everything that he knows isn't happening. He's sitting here in this like uh, moment. And he knows the promises that are coming, but they haven't come yet. So he's kind of like, uh, now what? You know, so he just goes back to it, keeps him safe. He goes back to fishing. He knows how to fish, right? I can do this. Didn't work out the way I planned. I can do this. We had COVID hit. I don't know where you guys at. I think the world was reset. You know, I mean, now you can't even walk up to a person. If you get within six feet of a person in the store, they're like, excuse me. We knock on doors like we did yesterday, and they're like, what do you want? Like, don't talk to me. But the world's been reset, and we know what we're supposed to do. 
but it's not happening. And we're in this little spot right here where God is calling the bride, and we like, I don't get it. Like, what is going on here? Right? So Jesus comes to Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I like you, Lord. You guys have all heard this. Peter, do you love me? And he goes, well, I really like you. And he says, Peter, can you like me? And he goes, I'll try to love you, Lord, but he uses the wrong word. Somebody said, that's the Greek translation of Aramaic. And what it may have sounded like was this. When Jesus comes to Peter, remember, he's in transition, trying to figure it out. I thought I was cool. I did, I did everything right. I even, like, rebuked Jesus because he needed correction. You know, had it down. Didn't work, so I'm going to be a fisherman again. And Jesus comes up, and he says, Peter, do you love the Jesus you know? And he's like, yeah. Man, I love that Jesus. I know exactly my rank, my title, my position, how to do everything. I was good with that. And he goes, cool, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you know, do you love the Jesus you don't know? Because he said he's going to be coming back and he's going to be looking different. He says, do you love the Jesus you don't know? And Peter's like, nope, down with this guy. Because here I know my value. Here I know the rules. Here I know how to behave. It's safe here. <clears throat> it's really easy to stay over here. Peter says, then he says to him, love my sheep again. That's the neighbors, right? <clears throat> He's always talking about it. Then he goes, Peter, do you think, can you try to love the Jesus you don't know? And he said, yeah, I'll try. When he comes back for the bride, I want to be the one that said, I tried and I'm ready. What does that look like? I don't know. <clears throat> Today I'm standing up in front of you. Not my gig. This isn't as fun for me. I know, I only say that because I want you to know, like, I love to be transparent. I coach people sometimes. And they'll come up to me, and I'm asking them a question. They say, well, to be honest with you, and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Obviously, our relationship is built on lies to right now, so don't change. You know, just, like, keep lying to me. I just would rather be honest with you. I struggle, too. I have my good days. I have my bad days. This isn't my gig. I can't see half of you because of the light, <laughs> which, actually, I can't do the light on this side. That's why if I stand this way. <clears throat> but I want to be that person here when Jesus comes back for the bride. I want to be the one that says yes. I don't care if I'm qualified or not because he qualifies me. I uh, took a student, or not a student one time. We had this girl, and I needed a, my wife couldn't travel on a missions trip with me. We're getting ready to go to Africa. <clears throat> and she's 21, never been out of the United States, never been on a mission trip, but I want her to be my co-leader. And about a week before we're getting ready to leave, she comes in and she goes, I can't, I can't go with you. I'm like, why not? She goes, I'm not qualified. I've never done this. I, I'm not qualified. And I said, yeah, you are. She says, no, I'm not. I said, you're qualified. She goes, how can you say that? I can say that because I declared you qualified. I declared you qualified. I need your help, but I won't let you fail. That's been Matthew on this trip. He's never led a trip, never done this kind of stuff. And I put him in charge of the trip, and I said, you do it. I won't let you fail. Is that not Jesus? 
Like, I don't care if you're qualified. I declare you qualified. I won't let you fail. But the issue is, do you like yourself? Or are you willing to say yes? How are we doing? Okay. So may I look at my notes? Okay. <laughs> so far, I haven't followed them. It's so cool. <laughs> I really want to stand up here like some of the new cool kids and use my phone, but I can't see it. But I can stand over here and look up my notes, and I'm like, oh, I can do that. My handwriting is really big. Oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of finish with this, and then we'll have ministry time. How do you love your neighbor? A thousand acts of kindness. How do you bring transformation to your city? A thousand acts of kindness. I mean, stand on the street corner on a hot summer day hand out bottles of water, you know? Sit in the new kindergarten room and hold a child for a mom that's never been to church before. I uh, had this lady that used to come in and work for me in the office. She'd come in once or twice a week and just help me with some admin stuff. And she tells me a story one time about how her husband would go to heaven and have open visions and walk with Jesus. And I'm like, I don't ever want to meet your husband because I'll hate him because I don't get to do that. You know, I think that'd be cool. Like, let me go up there. I've been praying 30, 40 years for a moment with Jesus, and heaven never happens, but he gets to go. Okay, cool. Gets up there, walking around, and all of a sudden, he meets this lady named Doris. And he's kind of like, how'd you get here? Now, Doris and her husband were the meanest people in their neighborhood, right? Just the meanest people in the neighborhood. Everybody hated them. And one night, her husband took a gun, shot her in the head, killed her. So she's standing there, and she says, um, kind of wondering why I'm here. And he's like, yeah, you know. She goes, well, you remember the night my husband killed me? And she's like, they're like, yeah, we had a party the next day. You're dead. He's in jail. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. She goes, yeah, I know. I was in the living room arguing with my, my husband. I saw him grab the gun, aim it at my head, and he pulled the trigger. And I watched the bullet go across the room, and it stopped on my forehead. And there was Jesus. And he goes, are you ready to go with me today? And I said, yes. See, our problem is, is that we think we understand how God picks people and gets them into heaven. We don't. Our job is to love them. Our job is to tell the story. You know why she got there? She knew the story. Somebody had shared Jesus on the road with her. She fought it all her life, but somehow, somewhere in there, somebody had shared the story. <clears throat> they shared the story. Nancy, my cantankerous neighbor, she's over here one day. I won't say what I usually tell the story, but she came in, she sat down, and she's like, Meow. she was a little pissy. I leave it at that. Yeah, because I have other words I like to use, but <laughs> apparently you guys don't like it when pastors use bad words in the front. Either way, she was just like, <laughs> just, and, and we're like, uh-huh, I'm trying to love you. You know, and she's like, <laughs> you know, I taught Sunday school when I was younger. Yeah, I went to church all the time. I taught Sunday school, and I, and I told the kids all about Jesus. It's amazing. <laughs> and I thought, she knows the story. 
all I have to do is love her. Like, what qualifications do I need to love her? Does my history disqualify me if I've been abused? You see where I'm going with this? How's your yes? Not, how's your yes? That's all I'm asking today. So this is where, come on, guys. Come on up. David, Caleb, where are you guys? There you go. Spread out a little bit more, and you guys can help me. This is the part, I usually my wife's up here taking over, but I have to do it today. We've been married 46 years, and we know our different roles. I teach, she does the rest, and makes everybody feel better after I hurt them, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think here's just what I want to do. we got our Bethel team up here, if you want to bring some music up. And I want to invite you to start saying yes today, okay? Whether you're feeling disqualified, whether you're feeling unloved, I don't know. You know, or, you know, there's that thing in your heart where you know God's talking to you, but you don't understand it yet. Like, I've had times with this yes thing. It's like, what do I do next? He says, what did I tell you last? Have you done it yet? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Come on, it's real. I don't want to do the next thing. So I have to do the next thing. You know, if you're in any place, like, if you need a healing if you need an encouraging word, if you need prayer, if you need to come up and repent and say, yes, we're here. Okay? So I want to invite you guys, if you want that, pick a student, come on up. We're going to just spend time with you, pray for you, bless you, encourage you. Thank you for being part of our lives. You've helped us because these guys have given their yes to be here. And you've created an environment where they can say yes and get encouraged. So how about if I do that and I'll give you the mic back. And if you guys want to come up, just come on up and get prayer. Don't all jump at once. Sit there. No, seriously. Yeah, amen. Um, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, I know some of you may be sitting in your seat and you're like, what is going on? Uh, feeling the stirring inside of your heart. Um, I don't know if you've noticed the, the theme that the church has been on of reaching out to your neighbor. And I don't know if you sense the season that the global church is in and where uh, we're at in the history. Um, but I think what Ryan talked about this morning and all hands on deck and now this reiteration of giving our yes, uh, I don't know about you, but I really sense that urgency from the Lord. Uh, and so I just really want to encourage you guys, for those of you that are feeling the conviction of the Lord, to re-give your yes. Or if you're healing, whatever it may be, I just really want to encourage you. We're just going to go ahead and dismiss uh, for the afternoon, uh, and then we're going to open it up for ministry. Um, but I really want uh, to encourage you guys. I know this is a, a, a very convicting message of, even though this is something that's on my heart and we're trying to reach the city, uh, re-giving your yes, there's just something in that. And so I just want to encourage you guys. I'm going to pray real quick uh, and release you guys. And so if you guys want to continue the conversation, I just ask that you would go out to the foyer, continue your conversation. But for those of you that want to just come up and receive ministry, you guys feel free to after I get done praying. So King Jesus, we just thank you.
We thank you, we thank you for the seeds that have been planted this week. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to host uh, this incredible team. But Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the invitation of giving you our yes once again. It's just like the disciples needed a refill because as we go out and we minister, we are emptied and we need to be refilled. And sometimes our yes empties us and we need to re-give our yes. And so, Lord, just as we go about the rest of our week, I ask that you would give us the courage, the strength to continue to give you our yes. But, oh, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would ultimately uh, kill us with love in a new way, Lord. Encounter each and every one of us as we go about the rest of our week. Yeah, King Jesus. Mm. We thank you, we thank you. And so, Lord, we just thank you for everybody that made it uh, this morning. We bless them. We thank you for what you're going to do in their hearts and their lives throughout the rest of this week and who they are going to encounter to share your love. And so, King Jesus, we thank you for this time. And we just uh, thank you for this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.